I want to talk today about about something that's really on my mind. It's something that's really been bothering me in the last few days. The the podcast went unexpectedly dark for a while because life happens and it it really sucks. Um when when you lose a family member, even if you're not close to that family member, there's a lot of focus put on um big things, funerary rites, um general social customs, big big deal, big big topic stuff. And it, it should be. It it really should be. However, I think what's more important and I think what's absolutely less talked about is that in so many cases dying is a thousand little things it's paperwork it's finding drawers full of things or finding papers from long ago and photos and memories and subscriptions and charges and setups and takedowns and half started things and half forgotten things and we spend so much time thinking about the big stuff of death, whether, you know, interring someone or cremating them or, you know, respecting their greater wishes about their belongings. But we don't spend so much time thinking about those small things like, what do we do with this pile of jewelry that none of us want? Or what do we do about all these pieces of correspondence that, you know, are half complete and unsent or what do we do when we discover something that we thought was one way is really in fact you know a completely different way because a lot of denial and backstory is now lost to us because we only have half of the people involved in some interaction it's jarring and it's difficult and it's messy and there's that saying of you know i have to laugh sometimes otherwise i'll cry when it's a family member who you're not particularly close with, when it's a family member you don't entirely like and who you know didn't entirely like you, the crying you do is not entirely about their loss. Now, maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe this is just one of those things where John is wired differently and maybe not technically healthfully or correctly. But... You're not, I'm not, I'm not shedding tears over, oh, the world is a slightly dimmer place without their, you know, colors being added to the canvas. I'm crying because it's a mess. It is a physical mess. There are molds and grotesque piles of this and that and horrible things that I'm pretty sure violate every term of service everywhere I could think to talk about them. It's it's just bad all the way around. And I'm crying and laughing about it because it is unbelievable how all these small things could have been avoided. And if only, you know, instead of buying this tchotchke or this small little whatever or contributing to this very obvious scam, well, maybe that would have been money spent towards bettering yourself or improving your health. And then we wouldn't be in a position where I'm looking up 
rug steamer rentals because I have to clean human excrement off of carpets. It's little things like that that have me thinking and reflecting today. And I'm looking at the life of a person who I didn't really know beyond them just being unpleasant and mean, but I'm looking at a life unsatisfied and unfulfilled with 10,000 bajillion little things half started and intended, but never done and never even tried. And I've really, in a strange way, gotten to know this person better, or at least better than I did, because they didn't start their stuff. They didn't do those things because they were afraid of it being difficult. They were unwilling to do hard work. They were unwilling to put, make the effort. They just wanted someone else to do it for them and that they wanted the reward. And this is true for everything creative to everything personal to everything uh, hygienic to everything domestic to everything everywhere. Somebody else will do the work. Give me the reward. Now, I, I can't stand that attitude myself. That's not really like uh, a thing I tolerate in my world. Like that's just outside my understanding because I can understand not wanting to do stuff because it's hard and you're afraid of it. And I can understand wanting the reward faster because you're impatient. But I, I can't imagine knowing that there are things to do and then choosing to not do them because it'll be hard while also not wanting to do the work in the first place. Because it's not like the things that were easy were the things that got done. It's that nothing was done because if it was easy, they wanted the result immediately. And if it was hard, they wanted the result slightly later than immediately. And it really paints a picture of a person who never never tried because they couldn't be bothered to do the work. And that got me thinking about trying. Because for me, I'm somebody who was raised in an atmosphere and in an environment where you didn't try, you succeeded. And that there wasn't failure because failing was bad. Let me explain. I was raised in an atmosphere and an environment where when you did a thing, if you did really, really well, like near flawless, you would get a great deal of praise and recognition, but only in that situation. This one thing, this one time, this one way, you did this thing right, John. Good job, go you. This one this one little instance, this one moment. And if, if I failed and I like catastrophically failed, like super mega, like absolutely. And I don't just mean like got a failing grade. I mean like really, really messed something up, crashed a car, injured myself, broke something, something substantial, right? If I, if I did that and it was really bad, then there was some degree of reprisal. Now, sometimes that reprisal could be, how do I say this in a kinder way? Sometimes that reprisal could be heavy-handed, if you understand what I'm saying. But there are 
the majority of times, reprisal came in the form of coldness, detachment, isolation, avoidance, silence. And anything in between the very heights of super success and the very lows of absolute obvious failure did not get remarked on at all. Didn't matter. Wasn't even a factor. Wasn't even a thing. But what mattered was that it set the expectation that I had to be perfect. Had to be, because it was the only way I was going to get praised. It was the only way I was going to get recognized. It was perfect or bust. And what that set up for me was a situation where I was genuinely afraid to fail. So I made sure I would do things where I couldn't fail. And anything I could do where failure was a possibility, not like a 1% possibility, but a decent chance because I was new at it or something, or there was pressure on me or whatever, anytime there was a decent chance I'd fail, I wouldn't do the thing. I'd blow it off or I'd make up some excuse or I'd find a way around it or whatever. I'd do whatever I could to avoid getting into that circumstance and avoid getting into that situation. And I did that for the majority of my life. I think pretty much from the time I was about 11 or 12 till now. So what's that, like over three decades? I think about that because I'm in a position now where I'm paying the consequences for that attitude, for that life strategy, for the professional downside of only doing the things you were good at, but when you would run into something new that you wanted to do, that you needed to do, because maybe there's a financial incentive or motivation, or maybe there's a reward, or maybe there's recognition, or maybe there's something genuinely life-changing. But because it, it could have failure attached, because it could go wrong, because I might not be perfect at it, I'd find a way to sabotage it. I'd find a way to take it apart. I'd find a way to ruin it or break it or blow it up. And then I would tell myself, well, see, look, I deserve that. It wasn't meant to be. It, you know, I'm not good enough for that thing because otherwise I'd do it and be perfect at it. It didn't matter that I never really did it at all or that I ever really gave myself a fair chance to do it. I, if I couldn't walk into something and absolutely just crush the shit out of it, absolutely just rock it, in an unbelievable way, it wasn't, it wasn't even attempted on my end. I'm paying for that now. It sucks. Um, there are a number of things, and one of them is coming tomorrow. There are a number of things that are coming out where there is a strong chance of failure. But I have no choice but to give it a try. No choice. My back is against nearly every kind of wall you can think of right now, whether that's a financial wall, a professional wall, a personal wall, whatever. I've, I've reached a point in my life, I'm cornered in the labyrinth. I know I have to, like, I know I have no choice but to try. And I know that failure is a distinct possibility. But honestly, what separates failure from right now is that I just haven't done it yet. The big picture that this sets up is that if you're somebody like this, if you're somebody like me, you have 
the most extremes in self-confidence and esteem. A sense that on one hand, in the right circumstance, in the right set of conditions, you're untouchable. You, you can do your thing to the best of your ability and it's great and you'll pass with flying colors and there's zero chance of failure because you'll just, you're the best at it. But then there are other times where the inverse is true. Oh my God. Oh, wow. I might, instead of getting 100% right, I might be 100% wrong for the next however many minutes, seconds, days, hours, or years. It, it's completely the opposite. And that's the roller coaster I'm, I've been riding for far too long. It's the roller coaster I sit with whenever I sit down and go, okay, I, I need to make a product. I need to do something to bring people in. I need to sell or market something, or I need to follow my own advice. And it's uncomfortable and scary to even admit it. And it's uncomfortable and scary to even grapple with it. But there's something coming tomorrow because my back is against the wall. And when my back was against a wall in my early 20s, I put a chip on my shoulder and everything I did was, yeah, well, I'll show you. You know, people kept telling me I couldn't do a thing. Um, failure didn't even occur to me. I was going to do it purely out of spite. And it just so happened that I didn't fail so much or so badly that I, I was just able to either blunder forward for whatever reason, or I was able to find like the sweet spot of skill and timing and experience and end up with something that would allow me to coast for a while longer. But now it's different because now I'm a totally different person. I'm literally twice as old as I was then. And I've, I'm clean and sober and I'm, I'm a, just a different guy trying different stuff. But there was a safety net, you know, when I'm 20, I can, you know, it might suck, but I could always go back somewhere and retreat. And I'm at a point now where there's no retreat. And I'm at a point now where I have to do this. And it is scary because failing means I'm not going to get loved. And failure means I'm not going to get interacted with. And failure means I'm not going to be heard or respected in an industry where being heard and respected is nearly everything. I think the other part of that is also bragging, but I have nothing to brag about other than like, I have this great recipe for tacos, you guys. I don't know. But if you could do me a favor today, if you haven't, if you've done this already, you know, I'll see you tomorrow. But uh, if you haven't yet, if you could go over to johnhelpsyouwritebetter.substack.com and just sign up. It's free. Just sign up. Tomorrow, something's coming. And I've worked really hard. And I, I want to put it out into the world. And I would love for you to have it. Free. John helps you write better substack.com I look forward to seeing you it's been a it's been long enough that it feels completely foreign to be doing this kind of recording so I'm going to try and get back on track here one step at a time right you can't fail if you're working in small steps that you can manage right so here we are we're managing I want to thank you so much for listening it really does mean the world to me. 
I hope you keep creating whatever you're creating. I hope it goes really well for you. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.